Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Partner Buzz, the first AWS partner-focused podcast in Australia and Aotearoa, New Zealand. My name is Richard Wilmot, and in addition to being your host for today, I'm a senior partner management solutions architect here in Sydney. Partner Buzz is a podcast series for people both in technical and business leadership roles within our AWS partner network community throughout ANZ. And today, once again, I'm joined by senior partner sales manager, Kelly Griffin. Hey, Richard. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's a privilege to be here, and I cannot wait to get into this topic. It's going to be a great topic. Thanks, Kelly, very much for joining us. So in our last episode, we talked about saying no. And one of the subjects we touched on was how saying no can help you build differentiation as a business. So today, folks, as promised, we're going to go on a bit of a deep dive onto how we can get our partners more attention. It's a really good point because... Yeah, if we think about the the stuff that we were talking about before, right, which is giving you focus and giving you areas of prioritization and stuff like that, which then ultimately sort of leads us into the stuff we're going to talk about today, which mm-hmm. is how you differentiate, but then also how you communicate that differentiation. Now, that communication is different between AWS or, or you know, your other partners that you work with, your customers and so on. But we, we want to at least distill why you would do that as well, yeah. right? If you're thinking about the the landscape that you are part of or the ecosystem of partners, right? Mm. There's what, how many thousands of partners that we have at the moment? There's a lot. And I think really, speaking about attention, really, we need to yeah. we need to help our partners understand how to get more of it, really, from, from both us here at AWS and also out there in the market as well, because let's face it, it's competitive out there. We need to make sure that our partners are actually being able to fairly elevate, um, you know, where where they add a lot of value to our customers. So our customers know how to make those right decisions. It's a really good point because not only do we want the partners to be super successful with us, like that's one of our goals, obviously. Mm-hmm. The secondary component of that is we want our partners to build and grow successful businesses as a standalone, right? So on their mm. own. So how they go out to market, how they're attracting and retaining customers um, and how they're working with us because how you work with us in like one of our segments, for example, like SMB might mm-hmm. be slightly different to how you work with us in startup or yeah. in software DMB mm-hmm. um, and how you articulate that message. Um, we want to be really crystal clear around that because yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you don't and you get it, like if you sort of have a miscommunication along the way, like talking to us or talking to your customers, um, it just it doesn't end well, unfortunately. We don't want that. It takes a long time to potentially get clarity where maybe you didn't have it to begin with. And that potentially has, has, has cost to your business um, and that attention. Because really, I think for me, that mental model really comes back down to attention being something that you spend. Um, it's what our customers spend when they first engage with us before they even sign that deal. Um, or decide to work with our partners, for example, because really we need to get the customer's attention. And you know, let's face it, our partners need attention from folks like yourself and partner sales at AWS to make sure that they are front of mind for the right customer opportunity. Yep. And I think the uh, thing with – sorry, go ahead, Kelly. No, I was going to say it's a really good point because we want to make sure that we're aligning two things. One, we're aligning the right – customer outcome with the right partner so we know that the customer outcome that's that that they're trying to achieve we know for a fact xyz partner can do it but secondary Mm -hmm. to that we want to make sure that we're positioning you as a partner to the right type of customer so your ideal customer profile 
right? And I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but if we're not clear around what that is and why that customer is your ideal customer profile, then we don't know where to put you and we don't know what customer customers are the right customers for you and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And that, that can lead to a really poor experience for you as a partner. And I think really going back to our last episode, you mentioned that um, to recap, for our partners to say no is actually the, the starting point of that differentiation journey. Uh-huh. And I'd recommend folks, if, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, do just pop this on pause, go and listen to the previous one. I think it really starts to frame the conversation we're having today. Um, but how, if you can recap that a little bit, Kelly, just talk to us about how being able to say no as a partner really helps you as a partner sales manager match make the right customer with the right partner as well. Yeah, it's a really good point. So giving you the the 30 second view around what we spoke about, again, pause, go back and listen to the other one. It's really important. But yeah, w- what we're sort of talking about there is prioritization o- over everything else. Like we, we love the fact that our partners love working with us and we love working with our partners. The problem is that we are so big and complex. We tend to come at you with a lot of asks. And sometimes those asks are from different parts of our organization, but they might not necessarily be aligned to what you want to achieve, what your growth strategies are, what your business outcomes are and as a partner and as, as a business as well. And so that art of saying no, because they don't necessarily align to the goals, the vision, the mission that you have within your business um, really sets you apart. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying no to everything. Absolutely not. It's- you're just saying no to those things that aren't really high value to you as a business. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this session that we're going to talk about today sets you up to do that because nice. if, we kind of did this around the, the, you know, the, around the other way. But ultimately, you want to be very, very clear around the why, around the mm-hmm. how, uh, and the who around where you're going, which then gives you the the ability to say yes or no to the things that we as a hyperscaler or as a you know one of your key partners is asking you to do. Nice. So really by having partners get really selective about what they say yes and no to helps you identify which partners are the right choice for the customers and vice versa because it goes both ways. We are a partnership after all, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A- nice. Again, we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for you and you're getting the right customers as, as well. Brilliant. So let's dig a little bit deeper on what that looks like when it doesn't work, when partners <laughs> potentially say, yes, you use this really great turn of phrase, um, we do all of the things. Um, when that happens, when there's not that very clear saying yes to no to certain things, how does that affect your ability to do a good job? Oh, this is a really interesting one. So we get, uh, obviously, we have a lot of partners that we do work with and we have up and coming partners that really want to work with us. And like, we're super excited by that because it's, it's this is a new way of, of listening to, you know, what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. The problem is when we get the partners that come to us and say, we do migrations, we yeah. do data analytics. It's like, oh, okay. So you do migrations. Fantastic. How do you differentiate that? How do you yeah. differentiate your your data analytics practice, for example, 
with every other partner that says exactly the same thing. So then mm-hmm. you're basically putting yourself into that bucket of we do all the things. Yeah. And and you want to this is where differentiation comes in because that becomes relevant. So differentiation and relevancy are really key in this because if you can differentiate, you then become relevant to certain customers and certain customer outcomes. Which and, helps and- you make that right decision for that matchmaking process you described last time. Spot on. It makes it so much easier for us as partner sales to go, this customer outcome is an ideal customer for this particular partner because mm-hmm. of these reasons, because of their differentiation, their relevancy, their their state in the market, for example, and their yeah. use cases and they have and so on and so forth, as opposed mm-hmm. to this partner over here that says that they can do all this stuff, um, but there's no real clear differentiation as to you know, how or why or the outcomes that are going to get delivered. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to get to. Yeah, brilliant. And I think that uh, that kind of outlines the hazards. If you you do all the things, you really differentiate on none of them in the mind of folks like yourself who need to make that decision. Exactly. It's a really good point because we need to be able to very quickly. So when when one of our account teams or a customer is saying, I need to be able to do X, Y, Z, we need Mm -hmm. to have a very clear point in our mind through the Rolodex of partners to go, this partner is the right partner for you. I know that because of the fact of, the, sorry, the differentiation that they provide. And that differentiation could be the outcomes that they provide, the way that they deliver, mm-hmm. their their market penetration, whatever it is that's different. There um, is something which draws your attention to that partner and makes them, you know, it's that light bulb moment. And I think yes. really the... Um, I love that. I love that analogy of that Rolodex of partners. Uh, you you work with a large cohort of customers, but you also work with a very large cohort of partners. So that matchmaking approach isn't necessarily straightforward. I know when I've worked with a lot of partners, um, you as a partner understand your business intimately. You understand what you do really well. You understand where you play. But um, it's really important to understand that. Uh, being able to take that capability and express it really well to stand mm. out on that Rolodex because you know you don't have a lot of time to make that decision. You want to make a good decision. How do you do that without the information at hand? And I think this is something I'd love to dig into a little bit deeper. You've mentioned to me before that um, hmm. a key difference with the way that you feel partners should be communicating with AWS is actually quite different from the way they communicate with customers through their marketing oh. channels. I think you you often talk about that as being more of an educational need. So we need yes. to be educated as AWS as opposed to marketed or sold to by 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 partners. Dig into that a little bit more for us. I think that's quite a quite a key point. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's it's that language that you use with AWS, for example, and the language that you use with like partner sales and the account teams and so on is very different to the language that you would use with a customer, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you've, you've articulated it perfectly. We don't need to be marketed to, right? And when partners come to us and go, oh, let me tell you about all the things that we have, and they start talking about we, 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 we. Yeah. It's very much like an, an I statement, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, look at all of our competencies and look, you know, we, we were founded this date and we've got offices over all these locations and we, we, we. And it's like, that's fantastic from a marketing perspective and it shows market penetration and it shows the market that you're you're very competent, you've got, you excel in these certain areas. That's not what we need. We need to be educated mm-hmm. on the outcomes that you provide customers. So tell mm-hmm. us, 
these are the things that customers can do because we were there. And if nice. we are able to articulate that and understand that, because we, we need to very quickly turn those things that you do into business outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's fantastic that you've got, you know, all of these, you know, 400 certified people and so on and so forth. We don't necessarily need to know that from a partner sales perspective. What I need to know is the outcomes that you provide customers, whether they be horizontal across an industry or vertical through an industry, how do you provide those outcomes? Um, What is the time to value on those outcomes? So educate me on your process. Educate Mm -hmm. me on the frameworks that you have to deliver. So if you've got like a migration practice, how do you accelerate a migration? Yeah, like I need to know that. Not, yeah. I think it's a really good point. Going back to the education piece, because fundamentally, I think this is something which um, I think is really important that folks understand: is we need to be educated to have the conversation with the customers and the account teams on our partners' behalf, because mm-hmm. um, ultimately they will then be having conversations with with their end customers. So they yeah. need to be equipped with that knowledge, as opposed to being provided with some marketing content, which is great, but that's really appropriate for that direct conversation. It might well be something that we 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 put in front of the customer, but actually being able to have the conversation, you know, um, on the on our partner's behalf, really effectively, so we can actually um, do them the justice that they deserve as our partners, uh, outlining exactly why why a customer should be considering to work with one of our partners with their great capabilities. That's a really good point, right? So we have to evangelize on behalf of our partners. Mm. And, and we can only do that when we truly Once we're understand. Educated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need to be educated. Okay. So treat us. So talk to us like you would enable your internal sales team. Mm-hmm. So when you've got a new starter, for example, in one of your sales teams, you're not necessarily going, here's here's all of our certifications, here's all of our competencies. You might go, that's fine, marketing has got all that sort of covered. Mm-hmm. These are the things you need to talk about to customers. Nice. Right? These are. This is how we go about delivering. And when we go about delivering it this way, this these is are the outcomes. outcomes. Yeah. I think that's a really good point you've highlighted. And I know you and I go on at length um, about outcomes being critically <laughs> important because really, as as far as I'm concerned, it's it's essential that we start building up a really clear value proposition that that picture of the outcomes that a partner enables for the customer yeah. as yes. opposed to the services they deliver now the services as i said are critically important um you know being in partner management we we need to ensure that our partners are building up that capability to deliver really really well um and look they do you know we've got some phenomenal mm-hmm. partners um I we're agree. super lucky here in here in anz um but I think the the challenge with once we and you touched on it earlier talking about migrations, I think the challenge when um, we're focusing on describing those services we deliver, those services are very undifferentiated. You know, we talk about the the services delivered as opposed to what our customers can now do with that. So we need to kind of ask our account teams to join the dots between those customer business problems that our customers are articulating and the services that our partners provide. And sometimes that isn't really clear, is it? No, it's not. It's definitely not. And and that's what we want to try and close the gap on mm. because yeah. when we've got a really clear view around the how and the why um, and the outcomes that you deliver, so you want to be really crisp around those outcomes, 
right? So, you know, we've done this migration. That's awesome. And so we've got lots of migration partners. But what is the thing that, that the customer could do or the business outcome that was done? That's the thing that our account reps know and understand. Because that's because what their customers are talking to about, aren't they? Exactly, because yeah. we're working backwards from the customer outcomes consistently, right. right? So we're always understanding what's the end state that you want to get to. You know what? I know a partner that's done that or can get you there fast. So it's a really good point, right? Because if if I'm thinking about this from a customer perspective, um, a customer has a pressing need to migrate. A customer might approach us and say, hey, look, I've got a very pressing need. Um, I need to find a migration partner who can help us migrate um, for a particular reason. Then it's super easy because we just pick the right uh, partner who's mm. got the right use cases, the right domain expertise, who, who understands the customer challenge. But sometimes the challenge isn't necessarily clear. The customer might come to us with a problem, the solution to which is a migration. And I think that's really quite important to understand. How do we map that business problem to the service provided? As I see it, that really is what that unique value proposition around that partner needs to start looking like. Correct, correct. It, and that's this is a really good point because if you're only talking about migrations, for example, yeah. is that the end state that the customer is looking for? I almost guarantee never. The customer's migrating for a reason, aren't they? For a reason, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they're not going to the cloud because they want to migrate to cloud. They're going to the cloud for all the, the value that the cloud mm. provides. Now, Agility, you, elasticity, you know, um, value 100%. creation cost. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you've got to map that, the thing that you're doing for that customer, not as the end state of the migration, but the end state of being able to achieve the thing that their cust- that their business is looking to do. Now, yeah. that could be brand new revenue streams, customer acquisition, customer retention, for example. Mm-hmm. You're only going to be able to do that whilst once you've migrated and modernized your platform. Um, But you've got a whole bunch of business processes and stuff that have to follow through with that, right? And we're starting the conversation with that outcome that aligns very clearly with that outcome that the customer is talking about. So potentially what you're saying, getting back to the attention and where you will spend your limited attention as you're running through that Rolodex of, of, um, of partners, once you get a partner that's talking about the value they provide very much clearly in terms of those customer outcomes, that's where you're going to direct your attention, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. So if I've got a partner that says, we do migrations, I'll go, that's awesome. Um, but if I've got a partner that says, we accelerate custom, like we align business outcomes, mm-hmm. we make sure that the we map the, the migration activities that we've got to a certain KPI within the business. Yep. We want to make sure that the thing that they're trying to do significantly is, is downgraded in time. So their time yep. to value is increased, for example, or they've got additional profit or whatever it is. That's what we do. We, we just happen to have a process or a framework in place um, that accelerates that. Um, so we've got that very mature, but we're focused on that outcome. Nice. I'm going to raise with you a common challenge uh, that we often hear. And I think we, we're talking about partners getting very specific with that messaging. Um, we often hear that partners are unwilling to talk about specific outcomes <laughs> because of the fact that they can actually do all these things. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, as they're looking to grow their business, they don't want to be saying no to opportunities. Um, and really, talk us, talk us through, talk us through how, how that maybe isn't the case. 
So if I sort of summarise there, the, the whole notion of being pigeonholed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a perceived risk, but it's not it's actually per- something which, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a perceived risk. Um, unless you, you really have that niche, right, mm. and you go, we only focus on startup customers yeah. because we do this thing for startups, right? We've got VC alignment and so on and so forth. Mm. That, to me, is very niche. When we're talking about, delivering customer outcomes yep. and meeting business outcome and KPIs and stuff. I don't think that's necessarily going to put you in a pigeonhole. Um, doing migrations or, you know, data analytics and doing outcomes, they, they all have to have some sort of, of um, business aligned outcome. Now, when I talk mm-hmm. about specifics, we're not necessarily saying that you need to be so specific that you're going, we do, we only do these things. That's yep. very different to saying we deliver these outcomes. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. And I think that really for me is is important because what I find working with working with partners, being able to encapsulate that that value proposition in terms of those outcomes, a partner will have many of these. And yes. distilling these into specific offerings are really good conversation starters. It isn't necessarily all that the partner's doing, but it starts to set out um, and frame the outcomes that are provided, you know, and I think you touched on it earlier. We talk about solutions and offerings, talking about a very clear, well-defined um, outcome, a time frame, an approximate cost, you know, um, all the, the parameters that set out the scope of what could be delivered uh, yeah. as a start of a conversation. Because let's face it, the solution offerings are not always going to be aligning perfectly with customer demand, but it lets you at no. least map those more effectively, doesn't it? It absolutely does because nice. it, it if you start to think about that as products, so yeah. if, if you productize the capability that you have, then you've got a very cl- then you can start to have a very clear message around productizing and, and going to market. So when we say go to market, there's go to market is you know obviously reaching the market, but there's different mm-hmm. routes to market. So yeah. one of those routes to market obviously is us. So you have very different language with us than you do with the marketing aspect of it. But I think you're absolutely right. Those product things that you're talking about, which is essentially practices, mm. they become your conversation starter. Yeah. At that point, you can deviate. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it starts that conversation, but at least we've got a common reference on a business problem that starts that conversation. Exactly, because you're mapping that to business outcomes. Again, data analytics, for example, if you Mm. want these things from a a data analytics aspect, um, this is the right partner for you because that's this is what they do. A great way to start doing this, I think, and this is something which I know you and I have spoken about at length, um, and I'd love to, to to dig a bit deeper with that, um, is that you and I think of both challenged partners that we work with to, to, to start developing a very clear idea of why customers choose them and not a competitor. Take yes. us through that, Kelly. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you and I have done this a, a number of times where we we, we ask the, the audience, if you like, define mm-hmm. your value prop yeah and then you know we go through that uh, exercise of whiteboarding different value props and, and things like that and then we flip it and go okay let's let's now ask the question why did a customer choose you mm-hmm. i can almost guarantee that it's not because of your skills it's not because of your competencies it was something else 
Yeah. Uh, you need to, if you can be very specific and figure out why did a customer choose you, there's value in that. There's differentiation in that. There's a reason you were chosen. So mm-hmm. I, I love it when we get to do that with, with partners. And, and I would encourage everyone just to have a pause in your, your business for a moment and look at the last 10 customer engagements, for example, mm-hmm. and just think, just why, why? Did, why? Why did yeah. we win that one? Why did you it's- choose us? It's interesting when when you and I've dug into this. Often we find that uh, the technical capability, fantastic though it is, is not the key deciding point. No. Um, the way in which a partner delivered a project is 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 generally extremely good. We're, we're incredibly lucky. We've got some phenomenal uh, partners here. Great. And although partners value the capabilities internally a certain way, that doesn't always match with where the customer places the value. Um, yeah. Sometimes I find that uh, once we've dug a little bit deeper, a key part of why a customer chose a given partner is their domain expertise. Because uh-huh. you know, let's face it, technical capability can be can be uplifted through training and skills, certification, etc. But it's that hard won experience, and I think that um, you know very often we we talk about this at, at AWS. There's no compression algorithm for experience. I think it goes both ways too. That really is super relevant for our, our partners to understand deeply. The the customer industries and verticals and segments that they've played in are very important because each of them has a very different set of challenges, operating environments, pressures, et cetera. And partners are picking up a huge amount of knowledge and education about these domains, if you like, um, yep. through every single engagement. And I think by realizing what is that intangible knowledge almost that they've got about the, the the specifics of a particular type of customer? These are things that customers value very highly, don't they? Because ultimately, they customers want to see wins um, with with customers who look a bit like them, because that gives them the the certainty that this is the right uh, the right um, partner to engage with. And you know the really cool thing about that as well, you, you just touched on something about all the knowledge and the IP that they're getting. Mm-hmm. What they're also developing that I would love to see more of, to be honest, is a point of view going back out to the market. Yep. Right? Get really opinionated. Or exactly. Be mm-hmm. very opinionated and have a point of view, uh, whether it be on an industry, a, a, an outcome that's been you know, tried and, and tested. Because you've got to remember, like you as a partner – You've done a lot of these engagements, and you're now delivering that experience back to a, to a customer. I so love that. give give them a point of view yep. and challenge them as well to go. Well, hang on a second. Does this make sense for your business? Yeah, we've we've done this numerous times before, and we know there's a reason why we've done this. It's worked here. Let's actually deliver that experience back to you. I love that way of talking, putting it. That's that's great. Yeah, nice. So one of the things which I find is quite useful is that um, thinking about the fact is value proposition. Um, partners themselves will have multiple value propositions, which I think you you, you mentioned will typically align to each practice. Um, and one of the things which I find really interesting is when you dig a little bit deeper with that, it, it helps. And you couple that with, you know, what are the things you say no to? Um, partners can start to make the decision that there are certain things that it makes sense to build the capability internally. Mm-hmm. There are certain very high value things that our partners can do by building up that practice. But then there are other things that potentially are necessary for the customer journey, but maybe can be provided from other organizations, such as ISV solutions. And I think having a very yes. clear value proposition 
if you know that you could build something, but also just as easily you could buy something in at a much lower price point, um, that helps you start to make that decision. You know, how do you know? It's like, well, if I can build a value proposition about being able to build a capability and understand what the ROI is likely to be yep. versus if I'm actually buying that solution in as an ISV solution for one of our fantastic ISV partners, that's that's something which I think we need to get um, we need to get folks thinking about as well. We absolutely do, um, and, and I love that that whole notion there, like the, the power of three. So yep. making sure that you know if you want to build capability and practices, absolutely go for it. Understand but why and where that differentiator why. is against other solutions in the market that exist today that you could use. Exactly, because the question yeah. is always got to come down to, again, like the art of saying no, right? Mm-hmm. Should we build this practice ourselves or should we augment the practice, the, the capabilities that we have with an ISV mm-hmm. solution? And we've got plenty of them yeah. that will absolutely um, increase your your capability um, and the outcomes that a customer is trying to achieve. Not only that, if you think about that, if you're now expanding your ecosystem even further, mm-hmm. you now have um, the ability to be extremely differentiated and have a very clear point of view around a particular solution that you are now taking to market as well. So nice. I, I love that idea. I think it's brilliant. That's good. Certainly sounds like we might have set up a few topics for uh, for going forwards, I think. Um, we'll bring on the next one. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the clock here, and I think we need to start moving towards wrapping up. I'm looking for things that partners can really do tomorrow, um, how we can start to move this. You've, you've touched on a few of those. Um, let's look at your most recent wins. Yep. Start to understand, you know, ask, ask yourself, why why has a customer chosen chosen us rather than the competitor? I think that's a really good uh, good start point. What are a couple of other tips you think that uh, our listeners could use going forward? Yeah, look, I think they're probably the the biggest ones, right? So really understanding where, uh, yeah, why why customers chose you. Um, I would question not your vision and your mission and stuff like that. I would question yep. the, the why of your practices. Um, yep. And I would ask you know, the language that you have back with us, for example, is is it marketing or is it education? Right. Am I helping AWS and particularly partner sales, please make it easy for us by giving us education around how you do things and why mm. customers chose you as opposed to um, some of the other stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, nice. don't be the uh, we do all the things partner. <laughs> and I think thinking about those solution offerings that align with your value proposition um, of each practice and also really align with the value of the things that you've actually delivered before that you can yeah. speak to is going to be really essential. Understand how that uh, how that experience can be leveraged. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, but really highlighting the why really has to be important. And I love the way you frame that, Richard, as well. He, the whole concept of the solution offerings yeah. is is outcomes of our IP that you've had. Mm-hmm. So leverage that. Nice. Kelly, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. It's been really amazing again to talk to you today. Um, I hope it's given our audience some really good insights on how we can really all work uh, better together to serve AWS um, customers. So thanks, Kelly, for spending time today with us again. Always a pleasure, Richard. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And for me, thanks very much. I um, thank you for joining this episode of uh, Partner Buzz and we look forward to joining you in our next episode. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.